Grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ in truth and love. The scripture reading appointed for this day is at the very end of John's gospel, and it gives this big reveal, a surprise for those who are reading this account of Jesus' life and ministry for the first time. I'm willing to bet that this isn't the first time that you've heard perhaps this passage of scripture, and it's almost certainly not the first time that you've read anything from John's gospel. But I would challenge you to approach this passage today in childlike faith with fresh ears as if hearing it for the first time. Because whenever you do that, you actually get to enjoy the ride much better. Scripture wants to take us on a ride and we are able to enjoy it whenever we approach it with fresh ears. So St. John records this exchange between Jesus and Peter after the Lord's resurrection. How Jesus gently absolved Peter and restored him to his office, to the apostolic office, even though Peter had denied him three times. And then Jesus went on to tell Peter exactly what kind of death he was going to die, but to stay the course and follow him because this was going to glorify God. And that bothered Peter somewhat. And he had more questions for Jesus. And so the story picks up with the gospel lesson that I read. Peter was walking with Jesus and questioning him further when he turned around and he saw someone following them. Someone whom St. John calls the disciple whom Jesus loved. Now Peter, miffed by knowing the type of death that he was going to die, and wouldn't you be as well? So he asked Jesus about this character, this disciple whom Jesus loved. What about him? Was he going to die in the same way as Peter? Now, of course, Jesus wasn't interested in telling Peter about the business of others or the crosses that they had to bear. He wanted to keep Peter focused on the task at hand. Jesus essentially said, Why? Uh, he, he said, What does it matter if this man stays alive until I come back? Don't worry about that. You worry about following me. And from that hypothetical statement, a rumor began to spread about this mysterious man, the disciple whom Jesus loved, that he was never going to die, but remain until Jesus returned in glory. And St. John is actually quick to point out in the passage that this is not what Jesus said. He didn't say that this guy was going to go on and live forever, but it was merely a hypothetical statement to teach Peter a lesson. And then comes the big reveal, right? Throughout John's gospel, there are six different references to the disciple whom Jesus loved. It sparks this curiosity in the reader. We want to know who it is as the story develops. If you watch that show, The Masked Singer, which I don't, this is kind of what that's like here at the end of John's Gospel. The mask is about to come off. Who is the disciple whom Jesus loved? It is John the Evangelist himself. the one who's writing the gospel text. And the only time he saw fit to mention his name is here at the end of the account to put his stamp of authenticity upon it, to tell us that he was an eyewitness to the things he documented and reported. He writes at the end of chapter 20 that the whole purpose for his writing of this gospel 
was that so we will believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing we may have life in His name. That was John's purpose, why we call him an evangelist. He wanted to tell the world and us about Jesus, the Son of the living God, and for us to receive eternal life on account of His death and resurrection. For John, the most important aspect to his identity was not his name, his background, or his social status, but it was being loved by Christ, his Lord. Our culture today is obsessed with talking about identity. How often do we hear about identity politics? How often, how often do we now hear about how one identifies? It is said that surface-level characteristics, like the color of your skin, is essential to your identity. It is said that the gender that you identify with is essential to your identity. And to suggest that it is not is to be guilty of erasure. But I would suggest to Christians that we are not ultimately defined by any of those things. Now, we recognize under the first article of the creed that God has made us as embodied creatures. And we have all these characteristics that describe us to other people. And we are male and female as God has designed us. Those are good things. Those are good gifts that God gives us to serve us in this embodied life that he's given to us. But what is most essential to who we are is that we are disciples whom Jesus loves so much that he bled and died for all of our sins so that we would be loved by him forever. John, the beloved disciple, did not go on to die a martyr's death like the rest of the apostles. But he went on to pen three epistles and after enduring persecution and attempts to put him to death, he was exiled to the island of Patmos to live out the rest of his days. And in his final days, while he was there alone on the island, guess who came to him to comfort him and give him a vision of the end? The risen and ascended Lord Jesus, the one who loved him. That's the book of Revelation. The disciple whom Jesus loved, once again hearing the voice of the one who loved him. And in the word and in the sacraments, brothers and sisters, we too experience the visitation of the one who loves us and gave himself for us. The incarnate one who came at Christmas to save us, to go to the cross, to be resurrected, to win eternal life for us. This is who you are. This is your identity. Because you are in Christ you are God's own child, one whom he loves and cherishes, and one whom he will love to the very end, just like he did for John. Amen.